Chris O'Keefe, your guide to the comic book multiverse. Now in podcast form. I'm Luke. And I'm Devin. And this week, we're... In the same room. Yes, because it's post-Christmas holidays, and the boys are back in town. That was a weak high yeah. five. Yeah. Yeah, there's that skin. There's that flesh upon flesh. Mmm. And mm. we're <laughs> for the second week in a row, I've got that new microphone that I got for Christmas. Looks very professional. Mm-hmm. It is a blue Yeti. Thank you to my brother. And it's like we're part of NPR. Mm-hmm. I'm Morley Schaefer. And I'm Steve Inski. That's the I, only other person who I remember their name. <laughs> and I'm viewers like you. But That's this PBS Luke. It's all national. <laughs> Communism. The great American dream, Devin. Yes. I like how even though we're in the same room, we have to turn to look at each other as we do this. Because we are currently broadcasting the comics that we were going to be covering this week on the TV. I've reread, or I've read what we're covering before, but this is Devin's first exposure to, uh, well, what, yeah, what we're calling January as we celebrate. The fact that Jean Grey's coming back. Well, also she, she did comics. Spoilers. Comics. She's been dead for 15 years. Roughly. Yeah. And then she, well, she wasn't technically... Yeah. I'm talking about since Morrison's run. Oh. Oh, yeah. She's yeah. been dead since then, but she's coming back now. Comics are awful and confusing, Devin. Mm-hmm. But uh, this week we are covering the two different takes on what if Phoenix had not died. The first half. Well, so I guess I this one is the sequel that we're covering first, which is what if Phoenix had not died, which is... Before they retconned the fact that it was Phoenix who died, not Jean Grey. Yes. Because they wanted to bring her back. And it was written in 1991, which was when Claremont was at the end of his run on X-Men before he got booted off and before they rebooted everything. Before Jim Lee came on, that classic X-Men number one with four covers, highest selling comic of all time. Mm-hmm. I haven't one of the copies of it. Well, and if you've been listening to Jay and Miles as those episodes come out, that's where they've finally gotten to. Oh, nice. Mm-hmm. You uh, can find a copy of that book for a dollar in most stores. You can probably find it for a quarter at certain stores. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's it's not worth a dollar. I think it depends which cover you get. Yeah. I have the classic one with Cyclops and Wolverine on the cover. You left them behind, soldier boy. Then there's also the classic Magneto cover, and the other two that I don't remember. I think Star was on one of them. Yep, but this uh, first one, which takes place across two issues, Volume 2's uh, What If Volume 2, number 32 and 33, takes place on Earth 9112. It was plotted by Chris Claremont with George Caragone, doing the scripting, pencils by Rod Ramos, inks by Jen Anton Harps, and Jimmy Palmiotti, colors by Renee Witterstater, and letters by Janice Chiang. And so we got to do a bit of a housekeeping here. So you know, you know about what happened to Jean Grey, right? Yeah, so everyone knows what happened to Jean Grey. 
Not everybody does. My, my brother probably doesn't. <gasps> I know. So we got to explain. So Jean Grey was a one woman on the X-Men. One that time. Everyone wants to get with. Because she was a one woman on the X-Men. Including the teacher. Because the professor is awful. And also kind of a demon person at times. Yeah. Or that's how he got crippled. You mean, you're talking about Lucifer? Yeah. The alien? Oh, is it an alien? Yeah. Never actually read those issues. I, to me, I just read the word Lucifer. I'm just like, oh, must be the devil. Yeah. No, so uh, one of their adventures, the X-Men went up to space to fight a bunch of sentinels. Yeah, well, we can... So... Once again, Luke has determined when his poor roommate is allowed to come out and, like, do basic human need things, like... <laughs> Acquire sustenance. Or even go to the bathroom. Nick is a prisoner in his own home. I'm fine, I'll just tweet it at James. James wants to know about things you do. Please continue, Luke. While I send James a tweet. (laughs) If you want, you can just send him a text. I I don't have his number. I do. Okay, so uh, one time, towards the sort of beginning of, of the Claremont run, the X-Men went up to fight some Sentinels in space, and the space shuttle they were going through was too damaged to get them back safely, and so Jean used her psychic powers to hold the ship together, and after that, it looked like she died, except it wasn't a death, it was actually the Phoenix who was a separate entity, making a clone of her while she left Jean wrapped up in a cocoon at the bottom of Jamaica Bay. And she and the Phoenix emerged as the Phoenix, the empowered Jean Grey. She eventually got corrupted by Mastermind of the Hellfire Club. And after that happened, she went and destroyed an entire star system, the Dabari star system, Killed 5 billion people because they are very, very specific about that number. And so with that uh, cloned body, she came back. She had... Oh, okay. That's that's a really weird... Okay, yeah, that's a two-page spread there, which is making it weird. Shit, I just want to restart this. Why? I can easily do this. Here, go to the next page. No, no. She, okay. So she goes off, she Sh- kills them Sh- five billion people. You shut up. I'm taking control. Look at me, look at me. I'm the captain now. Not if I have the microphone. The and microphone's the in the middle. Levels. The microphone's in the middle. Okay, so after she goes off and kills them two billion people, she gets five put on... Billion, five billion! Five billion people! Whatever, she kills fucking five billion people. Who cares? It's this just is what happens when I don't have notes. They're broccoli people, Devin. Uh, the she Shi'ar kills the broccoli people, okay, then okay. the Shi'ar put them on trial. A huge concept happens. <laughs> the X-Men fight. <laughs> and then what happens next? Oh, that's right. She gets proclaimed guilty. But she's like, oh, but I love my friends, the X-Men, especially you, Scott Summers. And then she sacrifices herself to get killed so that the rest of the X-Men will be spared. The end. Well, she sacrificed herself because she was going mad with power again. So in this universe, she got defeated and the Shi'ar Empire performs a psychic lobotomy on her, removing the part of her brain that theoretically allows her to access her powers. 
And so she'd go back to being a normal human being. And because the X-Men got their ass kicked, in this universe, Jean and Scott end up leaving the X-Men. And so you get the next few adventures that go exactly the same. So the Wendigos, the Brood, the stuff with Doctor Doom trying to marry Storm, the stuff with Arcade. And... Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so Scott and Jean end up getting married in, like, a secret wedding ceremony, which they specifically say none of their friends got invited. Because Jean told Scott no. <laughs> yeah. And it gets even weirder because Warren... But then who's, which, who's witnessing this wedding, then? Um, probably whoever worked at whatever resort they got married at. I guess. But then my favorite, though, is still is that Warren still gives them, like, their own kick-ass house on Martha's Vineyard. Which one? Certainly not cheap. Yeah. And he wasn't even invited to the wedding. Well, look at that house. I mean, no, it's No, house like... is so nice. At first it was just like, oh, maybe this is for the honeymoon. I'm like, no, it seems to imply that this is permanent. Also, Gene takes up smoking. For some reason. Yeah. Scott's like, oh, I might be too proud to accept this, this gift, and it makes me feel bad that I'm doing it. I'm like, no, you take that house, sir. Mm-hmm. And You're so, working as a fucking airline pilot or whatever. You are not going to make the money needed to buy that house. A local char- a local charter airline would probably make a decent amount. Decent uh, wage, but not enough to afford a house lad kick ass. Except that if you're working in, like, Martha's Vineyard, you're a pilot for rich people. Uh, that's probably true. But still, like, it specifically says Scott is very, very uncomfortable with the gift. I would be. <laughs> And uh, so, when... Warren, if you want to give me a house like that, I am available. Mm-hmm. And so he gets up one morning, and on the news, Senator Robert Kelly has been assassinated by mutant terrorists. Which, you know, what event happens when Senator Kelly's death is not prevented? Oh, that's right. Kind of days of future past. Exactly. Which we covered in the Christmas special. <laughs> we did not. Oh. I did. <laughs> yep. Yeah. One of the parts I vaguely remember from reading it like four years ago. <laughs> yeah. Well, and I also uh, covered it on uh, Battle of the Atom, Xavier Files. That's on podcast. a different podcast. This was specifically on Multiversal Q. Anyway. Oh, oh. No, that was in another universe that you covered it. Still on Multiversal Q. With Zach. Yeah. You traitor. It was a better podcast. It was pretty well established. I know. <laughs> I made the entire podcast burning myself the entire time. It's true. I didn't really understand <laughs> what your plan was here. It's like, the only kind of fun, jokey bad things happen to me. Only bad, bad things happen to Luke. <laughs> I just get lit on fire after I get my leg humped by a dog. <laughs> In the virtual world. In a virtual world, then I just burn to death. Yep. Well, yeah, Luke straight up dies, dies. Yeah, but haven't you seen Big Fish? It's good to know how you're going to die. Actually, I haven't. Yep. Oh. I do own it. But I've never watched it. Yeah. Uh, anyways. You got me excited for a second when you said the word big. It's like, oh, man, we're going to type up Big Fat Liar. <laughs> <laughs> Frank Munez, Paul Giamatti, and Amanda Bynes. I want to talk about Big Fat Liar. No, we're going to talk about real Big Fish. We love some Scott on this show. Yeah. This is 
But anyway, so Jean starts popping some pills for sleeping because she's having a huge, like, mental breakdown because the Shi'ar made sure that she remembered all the bad things that she did. Well, and she's also pretty much lost one of her senses. Oh no, it's the ghost of her old enemy. Slash. (laughs) He was outside the apartment. Oh, this is going to be a mess, and it will also be fantastic. And then who decides to show up? Magneto. Swagneto. Master of swagnetism. And I want to point out that, like, Scott is supposed to be taking off his glasses in this panel, but it looks like Why he's... Why is there a strap? Ta- yeah, because you can see his glasses and they're normal sunglasses. And now it looks like a sleep mask is what he's taking off. Or just a really, really weird thong. I'm assuming it's one of those sleep masks with the thing, so that prevents him from going crazy in his sleep. Uh, anyways. When he opens his eyes for the morning. Yeah. Anyways, at this point, uh, Magneto uh, gets blasted by Scott, and he's like, oh, yeah, screw this. And he binds Scott in uh, coils, and then he ends up taking Gene with him. Specifically messing up the plumbing in their house. Yeah, well... Do you think insurance will cover mutant terrorist? Or is that mm. under act of God? I think in Martha's Vineyard you could probably get it. Probably true. And he ends up taking her to his base on Asteroid M. Which, you know, it's that mo- uh, meteor base that Magneto has in space. With a super dope house. And... We should probably point out that Gene, this entire time, is wearing a pink tank top and underwear and... To be fair, she was going to bed. <laughs> yeah, yeah. When Magneto stole her. And then Magneto's like, you're not wearing the clothes I provided. If they are not to your liking, I can assemble others. And it... Like, Gene at least put some pants on, I guess? It, it, it's... It's weird. And... Magneto's basically been straight creeping on her for a while. And he's like, oh, hey. Only you, woman on the team. You did the good fight. Well, no, now there's Storm. And I Kitty. Know. And he's like, hey, I, I'm really sorry about what happened to your powers. So let's let's get your powers back. I've got a machine that will let you do that. Gotta take the power back. Yep. Because it can restore the genetic potential, which... Raises questions since this is the Phoenix Force and not Gene, but yep. whatever. Meanwhile, and then Pride of the X Men starts. Yeah, uh, Cyclops has gotten the uh, spaceship with. Oh, Tony Stark has lent them rocket boosters for the Blackbird. So Cyclops, Storm, Nightcrawler, Colossus, and Wolverine are going into space. All wearing some dope ass orange jumpsuits, with the exception of Colossus. Yeah, but you don't need to breathe when you're made out of metal. I question that. I know that they've established she doesn't, but... Mm-hmm. And so Gene is swayed to get the powers, and he's like, yeah, you, you, gotta, you gotta give in to that passion. You can't deny what you're supposed to be. And then all the the X-Men scream, oh yeah, as they Kool-Aid man through that wall of Asteroid M. Mm Mm-hmm. And so they start beating the heck out of Magneto, who 
He looks like Leslie Nielsen there. Yeah, a little bit. With the exception of Colossus, who gets his ass beat easily. Yeah. Because sometimes it's like, why does Colossus even bother coming on the trip when it's time to go up against Magneto? Because he can just turn it off. I guess, but then he's just a normal man. Yeah. Uh, If he wants to be cool and actually do something productive, he has to go into metal mode and then he gets his ass kicked. So, Gene ends up going and, like, reconnecting the Phoenix and also, like, the Dark Phoenix and she's just having this whole moment where it's like, well, if she accepts this, what what's going to happen? Is she going to lose control again? And she decides, no, I don't want to do it. And she breaks the machine. That pisses off Swagnito. Mm-hmm. And... Magneto's like, or and Jean's like, yeah, I I don't want to become a monster like you because you really suck, and Magneto's like, yeah, but I I I had horrible stuff happen to me. Fair. Yes, he did. And she calls out that like a lot of the fear that's there now is because of the actions that he has taken, and so she ends up, like, having gotten the chance to reject. The powers uh, she and Scott make up, and the X-Men continue with eventually Kitty and Rogue joining the team. Oh, and also and she gets a, gets a kick-ass de- college degree. In education. And so she gives birth to her daughter Rachel. Uh, the new mutants end up joining with Jean staying around as a teacher, which is one of the things I really like. And she makes the important point of your powers don't make you more important than humanity. Which, I know we get a couple scenes of breastfeeding. Mm-hmm. Well, I was not expecting that when we turned the page. Yep. Yeah, uh, one night she is uh, taking care of Rachel, and that's when Mastermind shows up. Mastermind being the person who had corrupted her as Jason Wingard, and then as the Phoenix, she made him gain infinite cosmic awareness and then took that power away from him which really screwed him over. And now that he's got powers and she doesn't, he's just, like, completely fucking with her mind. Like, sending her to hell, making her feel like she's being burned alive with insects all over her. Seeing her baby impaled on horror spikes along with all the X-Men. And she, like, starts to beat the heck out of him. For reals. Mm-hmm. With her fists. But it turns out that it's not actually Mastermind. It is Amal Farouk, the Shadow King, who is in control. Oh, hello there, Shadow King. Remember how great you are? Mm-hmm. Not really. And she is trying to resist using all that she has. And Shadow King's like, oh, hey, guess what I'm going to do? I'm going to shoot the heck out of you. So he pulls out a gun and shoots her. And then he steals Rachel. And uh, leaves her to die. Luckily, because the Phoenix is the Phoenix Force, it resurrects her. And it's like, oh, hey, yeah, you are actually the Phoenix. And uh, the real Jean Grey is lying in the bottom of Jamaica Bay. Which I didn't know until this year is in New York City. Oh, I don't know. Which, which makes a lot of sense why the like Fantastic Four are so easily able to find her. I assumed like, it was in Jamaica. Exactly. <laughs> but no, no, it's in uh, New York City. And uh, so 
Uh, Jean finds out that she is a phoenix and reemerges as the phoenix force. And instead of like immediately going to get her kid, she's like, oh, hey, I'm going to find where the real Jean is. And she has this brief flash of what would happen if she brings the real Jean Grey back to life. And it's pretty much, Scott is an asshole and rejects her immediately. You're an alien. I don't want to be with aliens. Gross. And so she just dissolves the real Jean Grey's body. Damn straight she does. And, yeah, it's this whole question of, can she really be human if she has killed her true self? And that is the end of the first issue. Correct answer is yes, she can. Mm-hmm. But can she be Dancer? Or Prancer? Comet? Cupid? Donner? Blitzen? But do we recall the most famous X-Men of all? Santa. Santa's a mutant. That's well, cool. I should have said mutant. Anyways. So we then get into 33, where... Uh, Jean ends up flying off to Muir Island, where Moira McTaggart is, because she has sensed that is where her sweet, sweet child is, and that is when she is attacked by a now-aged-up Rachel Gray, who also has the Phoenix Force, because if you read comics, Eric the Red, the Shi'ar version, not Cyclops and the Disguises Eric the Red from back in the old days, had a device that he originally used to make Magneto an adult after he'd been turned into a baby. Comics are weird. Yeah. And so she gets into this fight with her daughter who is possessed by the Shadow King. And, like, she's able to overpower the Shadow King by like fully harnessing the phoenix force because she is the dang phoenix and just eradicates the phoenix force or at least banishes it from the universe because claremont had that whole thing where it's like the shadow king exists in every universe and he's going to be this big threat and then oh nope all those books got canceled yeah which leaves teenage rachel with the mind of a baby so gaga so using stuff that was established in Bizarre Adventures 29, which was a really weird story where Jean and her sister got turned into Atlanteans mm. by Atuma, uh, she's able to just completely deconstruct Rachel's body and turn her back into a baby, which is really, really weird. But you know what? It wraps some nice bows on things. Well, no, no, we're only getting started here. So she gets home. Well, she goes back to the Xavier mansion because she knows that Scott's there. She reconstructs her clothing because she had gone back into the full Phoenix costume. And the new mutants are there and the X-Men are there. Oh, I'm sorry for a second. Let's let's pause. Mm -hmm. Does it not look like Scott Summers has a fucking huge-ass mustache? Yes, it does. (laughs) It's just some awful shadowing. Yeah. That that wouldn't be a good mustache for him. No. Because it makes him look like a duck. Yeah. Well, it kind of looks like a very stereotypical Hispanic mustache. Not really. I see it as like a, two raindrops 
like stylistic raincoats. It's it's too much together to be a style to be raindrops. We're getting caught up in the weeds here. Doesn't matter. I want to talk about this. This is the important things that the listeners want to know about. Does Cyclops have a have a mustache? The answer, yes. Until he doesn't in the very next panels. That's because he's like, crap, my wife is back. It's time to shave. No. Until you get into that bottom panel where it's decided it's time for a soul patch. <laughs> 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 You see it. Well, and even weirder is Jean's lip in that panel. Oh, yeah. One is off to the side. <laughs> yeah, she's just got a big cold sore. Uh, so, like, eight years follow, and you start having the crackdown on mutants while the X-Men are still trying to fight a world that hates and fears them. And eventually, anti-mutant president uh, candidate David Russell is elected president in 1988. And he passes the Mutant Registration Act in 1980. And the Avengers in the Fantastic Four specifically are singled out for falling in line with them. But the X-Men are still resisting. And they're sort of evolved together. Cyclops has an even... That's that's not a good costume. It looks like he has an X-Circle and then a seatbelt. Yeah. It's like someone... It's like you're trying to go for suspenders, but you kind of half-assed. <laughs> it's like someone was trying to draw the Jim Lee costume from memory. Yeah. And, uh... Yeah, so... Jean is worried about what's going on. And she's also, like, feeling her powers. Like, calling her to go and do something. And one night... Wolverine, here's uh, Rachel who's not doing well, and he goes to like check on her because he is a good friend. And he and uh, Rachel explains that she had a dream of a phoenix that killed her mom, and it was hurting her. And like Wolverine is legitimately concerned about this, and then Jean is just straight up smoking again. Yeah. And uh, Jean finally decides that she's just going to go and mess with the president. So she makes him give a speech the next day saying that they've got to turn away from the path of hatred and mutants are people. And he immediately gets, like, gunned down the next day by members of the right. And that's when... uh, Everyone's favorite. Henry Gyrick gets a whole bunch more budget to go and make massive amounts of sentinels and they immediately start killing people so you have a few names like angelica jones matt murdoch bruce banner christopher powell aka dark hawk you know you got to be concerned about dark hawk and so the x-men are sent on the run and it's not quite full days of future past at this point wolverine confronts jane because he knows that she's gotten to become the phoenix I do have some issues with some of what's happening here, though. What's up? Mostly how you see some of the superhumans getting on board with it. Or are they being hunted? Oh, no, they, they, they get hunted and killed. Okay. Yeah. So I was going to say, is, like, is Captain America on the side of the Sentinels? I'm sorry. I yeah, no, no. Not. Like, the Sentinels are in the background. The heroes are in the foreground. I mean, they're getting hunted down. I can't tell, but it also kind of looks like maybe it's a team-up. Since they're both going the same direction. 
No, I see. Stylistically wise, it looks a bit like they just had a bunch of stock images. And I mean, that that's they exactly used it to make like. a comic, but they can't do that because there's death in bees made of Nazis and smoking. That's and what Captain America was like. Yeah, pro fascism. Mm-hmm. Fashed in America. Anyway, so Wolverine confronts Jean, and he immediately starts smacking her around, like. Hank Pym didn't even do half of this, and he was, like, forever declared unclean, and this is Wolverine just smacking the heck out of her. She ignites into the phoenix and, like, brutally hurts him, and, like, she goes to, like, comfort him because, like, she hurt her friend, and then Wolverine snicks her, like, at the end of X-Men 3. Mm-hmm. Here's what I'll say about him slapping her. Mm-hmm. I would say it's different because I feel like he knew that's what was going to happen. Yeah. He was at least trying to get a natural reaction where Hank Pym was just, I'm a wife beater. Hank Pym was going through a lot of stuff that made him forever unforgivable. It's true. And Uh, then that's what Mark Miller said, we're going to double down. God. Uh, So anyways, uh, Wolverine, uh, after like stabbing her, he didn't kill Jean. And so she's just like, oh, hey, I'm going to unmake you from reality. Or no, no, she mind wipes him. Unfortunately, all of the other X-Men were just a room over. So they heard the entire fight. She comes out and it's like, ah. And she just ghosts on the X-Men. And her family. Like, it's literally... Gene, you have cosmic awareness. You didn't think to do anything about this. Yeah, basically just mind with the rest of them. Yeah, and the X-Men are just like, there's there's nothing we can really do here. That's true. She will destroy them all. So we get a brief moment where she's on the uh, plateau in New Mexico where she and Scott had declared their love for each other Aww. time before. And she's like, the world is better off without me. And meanwhile, the... Uh, X-Men are planning a, like, new attack because they are continuing to lose more and more members. Magneto shows up because he's like, hey, I really don't like this. And Xavier has died by this point because there's a lot of stuff going on here. Charles! So they sneak in to the basement of the Baxter building, but the Sentinels were waiting for him. Magneto gets zapped queen. Yep. And that is when Phoenix shows up to stop all the Sentinels. And she, because she hasn't been eating planets, is running out of energy. She blows up the Sentinel factory. And, like, the Sentinels just keep coming for her. They start, like, hitting her with psychic attacks while the X-Men are trying to defend themselves. Uh, The rest of the X-Men go in after her. Nightcrawler gets murdered yep uh kitty moves colossus into face down master mold and he has her phase of all special her which kills herself and katya uh, no katya no but also we get to see the great thing there which is that surprise horrified face from colossus that's his own face i know First off, he is so surprised and scared that we get to see pupils while he's in metal form. Mm-hmm. Doesn't usually happen, guys. You can tell that means he means scared business. Also, I guess 
his mouth isn't made of metal. Yeah. I don't know. That. I kind of assumed it would. Yeah. And she squeaked the uh, master mold. Mm-hmm. There's some good uh, sound effect noises here. Yeah. So uh, the like scrambler of energy that the X Men had used, or that so the scrambler of energy that the Sentinels had used is destroyed because Master Mold is dead. So all the X Men run off, and Phoenix consumes all of the Sentinels in a bunch of fire. And like the war is over at that point. And, like, Gene, well, Phoenix tries to talk to Scott, and he's like, yeah, I know you're not who I thought you were, but you're the mother of my child, and I will love you forever. And that's when Destiny shows up out of nowhere. Which, not gonna lie, when we first flipped to this panel, got excited, 100% thought it was more man. Yep. And Destiny is basically like, hey, I can see your future, and in every single future, you're going to lose control again. And you you just got to get out of here. You can no longer live on this planet. So say goodbye to your life. It's like, Destiny, I, I think you're... Kind of a dick. Yeah, you're a bit hard to see. I think Destiny just wanted to hook up with Cyclops. Probably. And so she flies off to space, leaving her... Uh, well, Magneto's now crippled. And leaving Scott and Rachel behind... And she becomes a cosmic entity, living forever. That was yeah. a dumb ending. Yeah. It's like, women can't be trusted with power. Or would you, well, I mean, I guess that's part of it. For me, it's more of just a... She had all those other times she went crazy and she still regained control. Yeah, it, well, I think it was one of those things where for a while, nobody could harness the power of the phoenix until it's like, oh... Hey, yeah, this is Rachel. She can harness the power of the Phoenix without going crazy. And that leads us into our second story, which is What If Volume 1, number 27, which was written by Mary Jo Duffy, with pencils by Jerry Bingham, inks by John Stewart, not that John Stewart, or that other John Stewart, Colors by Carl Gafford, letters by Artie Simek, and Janice Chiang. And this one came out in 1981, which wasn't too far after the uh, relaunch. And I am moving it on to the screen. Moving on to the TV. Mm -hmm. You done that on TV, and I see what you done done on to the TV. Yep. I do like this setup. It's nice, even though I do miss having full notes, and I have no idea how much of this is going to come off as rambling. Good times. Good ah, times. I like this. This is good. It, it's like... It's good back and forth. It's like we're your mystery science theater. And now we get to wait for it to load. Circling and loading, and circling and loading. Loading, loading, loading. loading. is loading. Something, something, loading. Rawhide. Move it in. Rot it in. Rot it out. Move it up. Seven o'clock. Yep. What's your clock? Oh, uh, at seven o'clock every week, they send out an update for the browser and we lose internet power. Oh. So now that we have the internet again, 
What if Phoenix had not died? So we get another brief reflection on everything that happened, but at this point of the universe, we also get the uh, pictures of S and M Jean. And uh, basically, long story short, the X Men get their butts kicked, and the Shi'ar Empire removes Jean's powers again. And in this universe, Jean is not as well established as a character. And Jean just feels horribly upset over what happened, but then she finds what she needs to get by. Domesticity. Ah. And, like, she's just the maid <laughs> around the X-Mansion, which is awful. Oh, God. Uh, so we get some scenes in the danger room where all the X-Men are sort of pushing themselves too far and they're getting in each other's ways. And Jean is supposed to be watching them. And she's been distracted. The professor ends up calling him to his office because he's got a message from Lalandra, Empress of the Shi'ar Empire, the Magistrix. And one of the planets under their protection is under attack by Galactus. And Scott's like, after what Lalandra did to Jean, you must be joking. Because he wants the X-Men to go and help Galactus. And I gotta say that they're not even going to be close to being even. But uh, Jean decides to go along with them in the ship. And like Terax is there. Terax being the Earth sort of, or the ground elemental version of the uh, Silver Surfer. I have his terrorists. head and his weird uh, scythe thing. His terror axe. Yeah. <laughs> and the X-Men all get their asses kicked pretty easily. And that's when uh, the X-Men all get their asses kicked pretty easily. And as Terax moves to go and kill Cyclops, that is what reawakens the Phoenix in Jean. Because, oh, I guess they didn't deactivate that part of her brain the way that they thought they did. And she bursts out of the ship. Kitty Pride was waiting in the ship with her, so she just materializes a spaceship around Kitty, or a spacesuit around Kitty Pride. That's good. Yeah. To uh, not kill the teen girl. And Terax continues to face all of the X-Men. Oh, hey, Oxy. She got out of the bathroom. So cute. She's kissing the microphone. Aww. Hopefully that wasn't picking up. Um, but yeah, so the Phoenix now reawakened, faces down Terax, and just reduces him to being a non-cosmic powered entity. Which is pretty great. She destroys his Terax, and then she faces down Galactus, and Galactus is like, Oh, wait, what are, what are you doing here? Zap. Er, and Jean's ready to destroy Galactus, and they're having this big old cosmic fight, he ends up offering her to let her be his new Herald. It's okay, Oxy. Galactus probably be okay. <laughs> uh, and Jean's like, yeah, I don't want to be your freaking Herald. Just get the hell out of here and don't go near any planets I care about. She destroys his world-eating device. And Galactus is like, I, I could beat you. But I, I'm, I'm a big to... man. 
<laughs> he just takes <laughs> his now human flesh colored Tourette's into his hand and flies off. When it becomes Lee Major? Do you have the Lee Major sound effect? No. Which one is that? Ernest! No. Well, yeah, that's a great one, too. So I'll be worth it, I promise. There we go. Nope. Kind of stop dreaming about Lee Majors again. <laughs> okay, Roxy. It just all settled down. Anyways, with Galactus defeated, uh, he leaves Jean with a parting message about the hunger that will come for her. And uh, all the aliens are like, They're oh, trying yeah. to fat shame. Yeah. And all the aliens are like, oh yeah, we're going to do so good. We're going to worship you now for saving us. And so... Uh, the X-Men are able to stop the Days of Future Past in this universe. Boop, boop. Because Jean has cosmic power. But uh, Kitty, meanwhile, now that Jean is around, can't really bond with Storm. And while she has a crush on Colossus, she never gets to expressing it. And Wolverine and... And Kurt... that's fine because, once again, Colossus is significantly older. Mm -hmm. Except now they aren't. Half his age plus seven. Except now they're like the same age because Kitty spent so much time in other universes. It's true. And, but uh, you know like, what I'm talking about. Yeah, and Kurt and Wolverine are friends and like Professor X really doesn't care about Kitty. Because there's Gene to worry about. Well, it's because she thinks he's a jerk. And he doesn't need that guff from the team. Mm -hmm. and, I'm going to spend my time with Cannonball. That boy respects me. Mm -hmm. Well, except there's no new mutants in this universe yet. Oh, shit, you're right. Yeah. Should have trained Kitty. And meanwhile, uh, Jean is having uh, addictions to uh, power and destroying uh, stuff out in space. And Kitty, because she doesn't have anything better to do, starts like noticing that she's sneaking out. The X-Men fight some Sentinels, and Jean is able to easily destroy them. And they're like, oh, hey, this is great. We, we love this new cosmic power gene. Until Gene goes out and ends up eating an entire sun. She's like, no one's going to worry if I consume one very small star. And then it totally turns into an addiction-related comic where yeah, he's like, Gene, your addiction is hurting us. And all the people who have <laughs> lost the main source... Eat. in their universe you've caused billions of people to be sentenced to death and Jean is like kitty it's late and I don't want to discuss this and kitty's like no we need to do this we're friends something's wrong and Jean is like I have infinite cosmic power and then turns her into dust and then she snorts her <laughs> that would have been great. Yeah. Need that phasing power. Oh, yeah. And all the other X-Men saw this. And so she starts going one by one. She uh, 
leaves Charles Xavier brain dead. Classic Just, Charles. Mm-hmm. She uh, like starts beating the crap out of the other X Men. Uh, Nightcrawler ends up getting burnt to uh, dust. Uh, she fastball special or. Er, Colossus fastball specials Wolverine, and then she flips Wolverine around and turns Colossus back to flesh, which is a pretty good murder. And so, uh. That was. Yep. I respect that. And uh, then she kind of flies him off again. Yeah. Did I leave to dust? No, no, she just leaves him to sit thinking about what he did. Oh, okay. Uh, like, Polaris and Havoc joined the team in this universe, and she just instantly kills Polaris because it's like, yeah, you're 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 not able to do anything against me. Havoc gets super upset and he's trying to attack her and Jean just straights up kills him in front of Cyclops. And Cyclops is like, oh, I loved my brother who we sometimes spend time together. And she and that means they're slightly closer. Yeah. And she kills him and then she's like, no, no, no Basically, she Darth Vader's and destroys the Earth. Yeah. Women. Can't trust him with powers. See, when you give a man like Darth Vader that power, he just crushes a couple medical droids. That's fine. You give Phoenix. Give a woman a power, bam, fucking plants destroyed. <sighs> yep. Uh, this never happened when Quentin Quire was the Phoenix. Damn straight it wasn't. So I, I guess the lesson that we learned here... Because women can't be trusted with power. That's what I've learned. You might say that... Yeah. That probably could have been louder. For sure louder. (laughs) Yes. And, uh... I'm sorry, what did he just say? Does someone have played the next little bit of the song? I want to confirm that this is the version I think it is. Do I have the censored version? You have the censored version because it's not everybody it should be motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> I'm very white, Devin. Y- yeah, <laughs> very clearly. <laughs> Um, I had to have the censored version of like when Outcast released Hey Ya back in the day when we were like 12. <laughs> Not a grown ass man. I can have my explicit Kanye's. I think that version was only 99 cents. I think they're all like 99 cents. Anyways. iTunes music is not expensive. You want to do Trials of the Multiverse first or. Answer uh, questions. We're going to have Trials of the Lukes first. Why does Luke have a censored version of the Kanye song? I'm paler than you. Let's roll them sleeves up to prove. Heck no, brah. Look at that. Look at that white. (laughs) (laughs) James would add in, you're both very white. I agree. Anyways. Um, yeah, Trials of the Multiverse or questions first? Let's, let's do Trials. Yeah. Well, I remember. Because <laughs> it won't be long. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It won't be wrong. Oh, wait. That's why I had it. 
So open it up, Trials of the Multiverse. So the first universe that we have to rank on here is the longer one, that is Earth 9112, which is the two-parter. <sighs> Phoenix survived and sort of days of future past. I thought it was pretty good. It, it was a bit buck wild. Yeah. In a good way. Um, how do you feel about it compared to Clown Wolverine? Better than Clown Wolverine. Mondo City 1? I don't know. I didn't read that book. Yep, you did not. Old Man Logan. Yeah, better. Uh, Puck Vereen. Yeah, better. Better than Brother Mutant. Um, okay. Better than Spider-Ground. Not sure if it's better than Six-Armed Spider-Man. Six-Armed Spider-Man said that he was like Helen Keller. Gene uh, said it was like she was deaf, blind, and dumb. So I think this goes above that. I think she made a better argument that losing your psychic senses is a lot more Helen Keller-esque than gaining four extra arms. Probably. So our two numbers, <laughs> D1, this is 9112. Uh, Phoenix survived on the moon. And then we also have Earth 81727, which is Gene survived on the moon. Uh, it, it's lower. Lower. We've got one that's just, you blew up the moon. I think that was the one from, no, nope, I don't remember that one. Uh, how do you feel about it compared to Scroll Gladiators? I think it was one of the joke universes where, no, two wouldn't have ranked a joke that high. Yes, we would have. We've we've got wet if Namor didn't like water out there. No. Oh, oh, okay. No, but that's from one that we actually got a from a thing. I'm thinking this is from one of the joke books. I do not recall liking a joke book that much. Uh, how do you feel about the uh, Phoenix Bomb on the scrolls? Better than Phoenix Bomb on the scrolls. I don't think it's. I think Justice Everything's Riders. Everything's better than Justice Riders. Hulk Vereen. Hey, where's Justice Riders on the list? 96. Is it is it higher than the Spiderfly effect? Hell no, it ain't. <laughs> remember when you lost? I won. Did you? Mm -hmm. I don't remember that. No. <laughs> oh yeah, it's because you made multiple accounts and just voted for yourself and cheated. <laughs> I had multiple accounts. That was a bunch of crap. I at least just told my friends to vote for me. They were these different people. <laughs> okay, how do you feel about it compared to Hulk Marine? No, that's better than Hulk Marine. I think it's... Uh, let's put Ryan Reynolds' movie Deadpool. It's true. Ooh, are we going to have to re-rank Ryan Reynolds' movie Deadpool soon? Potentially. Mm -hmm. Is that new movie's coming out? So... Earth 81727 is Gene survived on the moon. And we got uh, two questions in this week. The first, 
Oh no, we got three questions in this week. Damn, look at us. We're popular. Mm-hmm. So the first one was from Xavier Files, who we mentioned earlier in this episode. The one from James. Does it why do you walk your roommate in his room? <laughs> no. <laughs> and he can leave anytime he wants. Um but yeah, Xavier Files, Zach wants to know why doesn't Gene fight Galactus more often? Because you gotta have Galactus keep on coming back and remain a regular threat. Usually he's like, I don't want to anymore. And then he goes away. Mm-hmm. Well, so it's like too easy of a solution. Yeah. Well, I mean to be fair, we kind of just whip out the ultimate nullifier one. We're feeling big. Yep. Um, Michael B, who is that not really rebel, wants to know if the young X-Men stay in the Marvel U forever, who will Phoenix favor? Spoilers! Older Gene. Probably older Gene. Um, alternately Quentin Quire. Yeah, I wanted to be my boy Quentin. And then Andrew Young, who is at AW Young 1991, wants to know... I think an important question that needs answering is why are all of Jean's non-Phoenix costumes so bad? So very bad. And, you know what, let's... I mean, her Marvel costume is pretty bad. Are you forgetting her 90s costume, though? Probably. Okay, I'm pulling... I didn't really read a whole lot of the uh, 90s X-Men. You'll you'll remember the costume though. No, what? So say it. That costume is fine. That's a phoenix costume. Yeah. Though. I, I don't want to have. I hate how they're trying to move towards having videos for everything now. Everyone hates that. Okay. Uh, so there's her silver age costume, which isn't bad. Like the. Blue and the gold, though it is better with the mask. See, I think the mask looks dumb. You don't like the mask? No. I'm a fan of it. And uh, scrolling down. Well, that's Jean Black, who is not Jean Grey. That is Jean Grey mixed with Black Canary. Thanks, comics. So, are you not a fan of the green dress? No. That's why I said not a big fan of the Marvel Girl costumes. That's why I'm agreeing with Andrew. So bad, so very, very bad. Just because to me that the the green dress the is, X is, Factor not, costume is not, not good. The yeah. X Factor costume is not good. Oh no, good. that's terrible. But for me, the green dress is more of just a we didn't have a costume, so you just tossed a domino mask and went out as you were. Though the, the second one, the red one, is better. It's because it more or less looks like the Phoenix costume. Yeah, well, I mean, you take the good design elements where you can get them. But yeah, like, the 90s... Oh, yeah. Yeah. With the headband. That's because everyone needed a kick-ass headband, Luke. Your pal Gambit must have the headband, mon cher. Mon cher. <laughs> and then you have the Morrison-era costume, which... It's a Morrison-era Whatever, Morrison-era costumes weren't the greatest. As no. good as the book was. Everyone needs to be a kick-ass leather daddy. Ooh, look at how poorly that's drawn. That is a poorly drawn issue, but that costume is fine. Yeah, well, I mean, that's... But the... once again, you laughed over my whole comment about the fact that Morrison things was just everyone wants to be a leather daddy. Yeah. 
Well, we're looking at that classic Greg Land one where her head, the uh, X Factor cover. No, that's not X. That's not from X Factor. I guess it's just some. Which porn star do you think that is, Luke? Apparently, it's being accredited to Mark Silvestri, but oh. it's just the one where it looks like her head is slightly off her shoulders and it's got that shiny, gross latex look. Yep, it does. <sighs> comics. Um, Are there any more costumes? What? Google it. Ooh, ooh, ooh. Nope, nope. One on the right with Wolverine on his knees like a little baby. <laughs> I'm in a neck. <laughs> Don't really know what's happening, but I'm into that cover. Well, yeah, that comics, comics. Um, yeah, I guess part of it is you don't have a lot of people who understand what fashion is, and I feel like a lot of the time they just stumble onto costumes. Oh, for sure. So, I mean... No, more or less, once you find a character with a costume, you just stick with it once it, people like it. Mm-hmm. This is what's it called? Once they brought Wanda onto the Avengers, costumes got a lot better. No longer did you have the weird head shin strap. Which which to me is still one of the biggest what? Yeah. I, I You know what I'm talking about, right? Yeah. Yeah. The cat breading. Yeah. It's like it looks like you stuck your head in one of those face and hole things. I ended up rereading uh X-Men First Class last night, and there was a really good issue where Angel and Wanda are secretly dating. Nice. Yeah, I've also pulled up that uh, Wolverine Volume 3, Number 6 cover with nude-ass Nightcrawler, and Wolverine just straight staring at his dick. <laughs> In the very phallic beer bottle. Hell yeah. <laughs> <sighs> Wolverine's like, yeah. It's more like... bit too early for this. Damn um but yeah that wraps us up for this week so initially the plan was to do phoenix legacy of fire next week we still might do that but we've just got to find a good solution to let Devin read it because because of, of the time i was on battle of the atom i bought those issues but i haven't had time to read or note them so we'll find a solution so we can read the comic that uh, is at the current Battle of the Atom bottom of the list. Though we might find another solution for that. Multiverse Like You is a weekly podcast. We are listener supported and this week you're recorded here in Columbus, Ohio. We are produced by me, Luke Hare. And uh, you can find False. things... The real producer of the show is this cat. Oxy. Um, yes, I'm the... Uh, he is paid in pets. She. She. Uh, we are listener-supported, where for as little as a dollar a month, you can uh, support us. Also, if you ever want us to cover a universe, like especially if it's a short one, you can just request those any old time that you want. But Andrew did, and then we had stuck with that piece of crap. <laughs> yep, and paying for it. And paying for it. Um, but yeah, I how great that one was. Yeah, JLA, the golden age. Wop, wop, wop.
And, uh, yeah, for as little as a dollar a month, you can support us. You get early episodes of our other podcast, Exiled, which is the live play Marvel role-playing game podcast. The IGM and Devin plays currently you are... Dr. Nemesis. Who pissed on himself. Yeah. <laughs> Cratchit pissed on another version of himself. Yeah. Because <sighs> Luke thought I was just dicking around and wasn't really going to do it. No. Nemesis doubled down. We're going to be that little senile old man who looks like he mostly has it together, but every once in a while, it's time for a good old-fashioned blue-collar joke. God. Uh, Will there be a random toilet flushing noise? Ooh, yeah, I put that in the... In the into the uh, soundbar. I'm not. I'm just your average blue collar man. I want my tag. Wait, hold a second. <sighs> uh, we also have image galleries, and you can see the current trials of the multiverse list for last week. We had our 500th universe. Woo! And then I shared it on Reddit, and I apparently forgot to actually upload the episode. Correctly. Hooray! Yeah, I was trying to figure out why people were downvoting in, and that was probably why. Luckily, like, you can also read my notes for everything on there now. Um, beyond that... But no notes for this week, because I made sure that Luke didn't have them. Yeah, thank you, you jerk. Uh, but luckily, uh... Shoot, I forgot where I was going. Uh, yeah... So we'll see what we're covering next week. Devin, where can people find you online? You can find me online at Fred Fett. That's F-R-E-D-D-O-F-E-T-T. And Luke, where can people find you? You can find me online at at Coltreg, that's K-O-L-T-R-E-G, or at LukeHair, dot com, which I really need to get around to updating. Um, thank you for listening. This was a abnormal episode because we were originally going to record this later in the week, and then we had some other scheduling plans that fell through, so we decided to go for it. We decided to go for the moon. Hey now, you're a rock star. Okay, I'm too hungry to sing. Get uh, your game on. Play. Until next week, this one's for Hank. Peace.